Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and all major podcast providers. So if you can't catch the show live, you can download it or simply use our free podcast player, which is available on our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to connect with us, please post your question on our wall on Facebook or send me a tweet at June Stoyer on Twitter. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Austria's Finest Naturally, authentic pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil from the Steiermark, available at organicuniverse.com. Listeners of the Organic View can receive $1 off their purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. Also, don't forget to check out our contest section on our website to submit your information for our free monthly giveaways. For more information, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com forward slash contests. On today's show, Mr. John Wells, the Executive Director of Military Veterans Advocacy, Inc., is going to talk about a very disturbing situation in regards to Blue Water Navy sailors who are being denied benefits. So I'd like to welcome back to the show, Mr. John Wells. Good afternoon, sir, and welcome back to the show. Hi, June. Good to be back. Mr. Wells, can you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself as well as the Military Veterans Advocacy? Sure. Uh, I'm a retired Navy commander. I'm also an attorney. I uh, did that my second life after I uh, left the military. We work primarily in military and veterans law. Military Veterans Advocacy is a, a nonprofit 501c3 tax-exempt organization I formed uh, uh, in early 2013 to uh, allow us to receive some funding assistance in the work we're doing. What we do is we litigate, we legislate, and we educate. We spend time uh, in court uh, suing the VA or the Department of Defense on behalf of military people, uh, especially some that have really run afoul of the system or where the system is just taking advantage of them. Uh, we also legislate in Congress. Currently, we're working on the Blue Water Navy Act, Toxic Exposure Act. We're trying to get some issues going with the appellate backlog and also a reform of the, of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So that takes me to D.C. Oh, about every other month or so, sometimes more often. Could you please define what Blue Water Navy means? The way the VA has defined it is uh, they've broken it down into brown water and blue water. Brown water, under their definition, is uh, those ships that actually entered a river. Uh, they've exempted from brown water uh, bays and harbors and also the, t- the territorial seas. Now, we've argued successfully in the Court of Appeals of Veterans Claims that uh, bays and harbors should be uh, included in the definition of brown water, and the VA was told to redo their definition. On February the 5th, they came out with another definition, which basically said the same thing as the old one. Uh, They just used different verbiage, but have still said that the harbors, uh, many of which are surrounded on three sides by land, are not considered to be brown water. Now, the problem is uh, the rivers were uh, generally sprayed with Agent Orange. It was mixed with petroleum, so that would float out into the harbors and actually into the South China Sea. In fact, off the Mekong, uh, it would go out, according to the hydrologists, oh, gee, uh, a couple of hundred miles uh, within a couple of weeks. I mean, it, it is just very, Mekong's a very powerful river, about the same attributes as the Mississippi, and would just push all that Agent Orange out there. Then it would emulsify, fall to the bottom, 
Uh, it would be stirred up by the anchoring and by the ships entering and leaving harbor, running up and down the coast. And the um, uh, evaporator distillation uh, suctions would take the, uh, the contaminated water in, the desalinization process that made uh, water for the boilers and also for drinking did not remove the dioxin and actually enriched it. So these guys were getting a straight shot Agent Orange into the drinking water. And we've proven that. The Institute of Medicine and the uh, University of Queensland have both tested it and uh, have concluded that the distillation process would, in fact, have uh, uh, enriched the dioxin. And all the hydrologists agree that you know, in the nearshore waters within, say, the territorial seas, uh, the water would have been contaminated by Agent Orange. Mr. Wells, how many Blue Water Navy veterans are still alive? Well, we don't know how many are alive. We're probably uh, guesstimating probably around 80, uh, 70,000 to 80,000. Uh, uh, we know that originally there were 174,000 that served within the territorial seas, and a number of them have died. The Agent Orange does take about 13 years off your life, and uh, we've had a number of folks pass, but unfortunately... We're not able to get an exact count, and the VA either can't or won't give us that information. Could you please provide a little bit of the history for our listeners as far as why the earned benefits are being denied for these sailors? Good question. It all started in 1997, back in the Clinton administration, when the general counsel, um, who later married the acting secretary of Veterans Affairs, came up with this idea that uh, because the language of the original Agent Orange Act said air, land, or naval service in the Republic of Vietnam, that must just mean the land mass, forgetting that sovereign, there was sovereignty over the uh, bays, the harbors, and the territorial seas. And, and, you know, that's something that the United States had actually recognized in the 1954 Geneva Accords and again in the 1973 Paris Peace Treaty. It was specifically said that Vietnam had sovereignty over their territorial seas. And uh, who, this, this person at the General Counsel's office just didn't know that. And so they thought maybe they'd done a good thing. Well, about that time, the Australian studies showing the effects of the desalinization came out. Uh, they dismissed that as junk science until the Institute of Medicine actually uh, uh, verified it. Uh, and uh, and actually, for the first time, they admitted that that was the case, and that was in uh, last September the Senate Veterans Affairs hearing, first time they've actually conceded that. So, you know, we took them to court, we took them to Congress, we took them to the media, basically embarrassed them, and they've just dug their heels in. It's just bureaucratic intercedence. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. It's uh, uh, bureaucracy at its worst. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons why the VA has such terrible reputation they basically lie. They lie to the public, they lie to the veterans, they lie to the Congress, and uh, try to find all kinds of reasons whenever their actions are called into question, try to find all kinds of reasons to justify them, whether they make sense or not. Now, the thing is, we're not giving up. We've got billing Congress right now in the House with 301 co-sponsors, in the Senate with 37. Uh, we're looking forward to having more hearings in the spring. Uh, I have an oral argument at the federal court in D.C. on uh, March the 10th, and we're also looking at uh, other arguments in the Court of Appeals of Veterans Claims. So we're going to push forward both in court and in Congress to force the VA to back off this uh, irrational policy. Could you please 
talk about the correspondence between you and the Honorable Sloan Gibson, who subsequently is the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs. Sure. Now, just to put this in perspective, I met with Sloan Gibson in uh, July and September of last year, and he seemed pretty uh, receptive to the points that we were making. In fact, in September, I asked him what the regulation was going to say, and he said, we are uh, leaning very closely to your views. So, and, and in reliance upon that, we actually asked the Senate Veterans Committee to hang loose on any further co uh, committee hearings to give them an opportunity to bring the, uh, uh, the regulation out. The Congressional Budget Office, who has to score all these bills, was kind of hanging loose because they wanted to see what the VA would say, since that could actually bring the, the new money cost of the bill down. Now, I saw him again in December at the House Veterans Affairs Committee, it's friendly and said, yeah, I've got to check on the status of that. So we had no indication that they were going to come around and basically stab us in the back. So, you know, I told Mr. Gibson, I'm sure I'm off his Christmas card list, that I was disgusted by what he had done, and I felt there had been a personal betrayal based on what he had told me. And uh, I also assured him that we were going to continue uh, the fight and that we were going to fight the VA as hard and as long as it took to get the job done. Why do you think he had a change of heart? Good question. I wish I knew the answer. To be honest with you, I liked the man. I thought he was very straightforward and a straight shooter. He was a good guy. enjoyed the, uh, all the meetings I had with him. However, I also noticed in December that there, he seemed to have a change of direction. Uh, and I don't know if that's pressure from the secretary, pressure from the administration, or if he just drank the Kool-Aid. You know, everything seemed to be a little bit different. At that particular House hearing, I know uh, Chairman Jeff Miller, who's the chair of the House Vets Committee, basically just ripped him apart. You know, there was a lot of issues that uh, Chairman Miller said that all of a sudden the VA was playing politics with the veterans. And for whatever reason, it looks like that might be the case. I, I don't think we're going to have a... I'll sit down over a cup of coffee to find out why his mind changed. I'm sure he's uh, uh, pretty incensed at the letter I sent him, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't really care why he changed his mind. I'm just shocked and disappointed that he did. You know, the problem is these folks have got to understand they have a solemn duty with the veterans, and, and they breach that trust. They constantly breach that trust. You know, saying platitudes on Veterans Day and Memorial Day and you know, and speeches and all that stuff, that's fine. But talking the talk isn't enough. You've got to walk the walk. Now, I don't know if it's internal politics. I don't know if it's external politics. I don't know what's causing the problem. But I am uh, just uh, completely fed up with what the VA does. Now, I noted uh, Senator Isaacson, who's the chair of the Vets Committee, uh, has... Uh, uh, issued a statement saying that uh, the next administration should retain Secretary McDonald. Um, I will be writing Senator Isaacson, who I have a great deal of respect for, by the way, and he's a very, very nice man. And I'm going to write him a letter and basically tell him that uh, the sense of the veterans community, as I've been able to establish it, is that we do not want Secretary McDonald retained past the end of this administration, that a new president should elect a brand new Secretary of Veterans Affairs. Hopefully in doing so, we won't bring in a businessman or a general or an admiral. We'll bring in somebody who's fought the VA and understands the problems and can go in there and, and resolve them. Uh, yeah, it, the, the problems are just unbelievable. Uh, the uh, 
several VA executives have been fired, and that firing was overturned. Why? Because the general counsel's office doesn't have people capable of filing a good case before the Merit Systems Protection Board. We have people dying of burn pits, lejeune water, uh, radiation, asbestos, everything, and we are far behind uh, in trying to identify, plan for uh, these types of problems, and you know, raise the money to cover them. Uh, it's uh, everything is being done on a uh, emergency ad hoc basis. Uh, you know, Secretary McDonald just came out against the Toxic Exposure Research Act, which every veteran service organization that I know of is supporting, military coalition supporting, and all their members uh, are supporting it. And that would set up a center of excellence to identify toxic exposures and look at the effect upon the veterans and their descendants, something that's been needed here for decades. But the VA just refuses to change their way of doing business. Uh, it's it's a tragedy because the people that get hurt are the vets. Um, they get old, they get beaten up, and oftentimes they give up. It's no wonder we have 22 veterans committing suicide every day. And I blame the VA for part of that. It's a shame that the Department of Veterans Administration does not take the amount of money, energy, and effort to help veterans as the efforts are made to recruit new military personnel. I mean, you look at all the ads, you look at all the recruiters that are out there at colleges, at different job expos, what have you, all the money that they spend recruiting. They don't even spend, I would guess, even a quarter of what they spend to help veterans. Well, you know, the administrative costs of the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs, or what I like to call them the Department of Veterans Abuse, uh, is extremely high. Uh, There are significant amounts of money that go out into different benefits, uh, GI Bill, uh, disability compensation, that sort of thing, vocational rehabilitation. But, you know, the problem is there's not enough going to taking care of the veterans. Uh, the budget is unbelievable. I think it's about $180 billion this year. Okay, It's uh, you know almost doubled in the last eight years. The problem is they're spending it in the wrong place. Uh, Denver Hospital, for example, poor planning, worse execution, and there's a billion-dollar cost overrun on that. Congressman Kaufman out of uh, Colorado said he wouldn't trust the VA to build a lemonade stand, and you know, you've got to have some sympathy for that point of view. Uh, it's uh, the money wasted on bonuses, the money wasted on transfers, money wasted on um, silly projects. Uh, they spent a billion dollars to uh, try to make a, uh, their system compatible with the military rec- health record system. A billion dollars, and then they gave it up, said it was too hard. My gosh, anybody that's closing the veterans' uh, affairs has to have been in the military before, why don't they just adopt that system? Oh, no, we can't do that. We have to have our own. Why? Because we're special. We're the VA. I mean, it's just that type of attitude. That, uh, and I'm sure they outsourced it, too. I'm sorry? Uh, and I'm sure that they outsourced the whole technological process. Uh, they outsource it. They insource it. They expand. You know, it's all become about uh, fiefdoms and protecting their turf and less about the veterans. I met with the new state of Louisiana Secretary of Veterans Affairs today, and one of the points he brought up, and he's right, is that the vast majority of the people are not veterans. 
You know, it's just unbelievable how many non-veterans they have in there, despite all the Good advertising. It's just, it's just terrible. You would think with the veterans being such a key focal point with the presidential debates that there would be a lot of pressure to get this cleaned up, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Well, the problem is, you know, there's not any real good plans that come out of the presidential debates. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into candidate comparison. We have been in touch with some of the campaigns. Everybody gives lip service, but nobody has a real good idea on how to get in there and, and straighten the mess out. And, and it's going to take a change in the culture, and that's going to take leadership, and it's going to take people pulsing the system, not accepting what the bureaucrats tell them, and applying basic things like common sense. You know, if, if we applied common sense to the VA, all our veterans would be taken care of and probably, you know, save a bunch of money. But, but that's just not happening. Mr. Wells, can you take a moment and share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you and also how they can support your organization? Well, uh, supporting us is easy if you go to www militaryveteransadvocacy.org. We even take PayPal now, PayPal, and then Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express, and you can make a tax-free donation. Email, you can contact me through our Facebook page, Military Veterans Advocacy on Facebook. Please feel free to send me a message. Uh, or my email, which nobody will remember, but I'll give it to you anyhow, is J-O-H-N-L-A-W-E-S-Q at msn.com. Thank you so much, Mr. Wells. Thank you, June. It's been a pleasure to be on your program again. You are always welcome to come back anytime, sir. Thank you. And, folks, please check out the companion article, which will be available along with Mr. Wells' information, as well as for the organization. And you can find that at theorganicview.com. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon. <laughs>